small man. Give it up for Wayne this morning. Let's give it up for Wayne. It's so exciting. Well, it's so good to be with you this morning, and I'm excited to just open God's word with you in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, we'll turn down my audio just a little bit. I know it's, I'm, I'm, I'm whispering, and you know, I don't normally whisper, so get ready. So hopefully this microphone will come down just a little bit, but it's good to see you this morning, and Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be, and I'm so excited uh, to be there. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there and join me as we, as we meet there. It's going to be incredible what God does uh, this morning. I believe that when you come into this space that God has a word for you, that he wants to speak something specifically to you. Um, I, I really believe that. I believe that's what God intends and his desire when we come together um, as one body, that we come together in fellowship, that it's not just for your neighbor, and it's not just for a lost person to hear about Jesus, it's for you. Uh, it's for you too, and it is for your neighbor. So if you're a guest here, we're so excited you're here. Thank you for checking us out. I pray that this message uh, speaks to you specifically, and I, I hope that you're encouraged by um, maybe the songs that we sing, maybe by the way that you were greeted or the words that will be read. Um, but I also want to encourage those who are in faith because it's really my heart and desire that we would grow closer together and that we would open our ears and open our eyes to be attentive. Now, as you know, I'm probably not the most articulate pastor in the world. Amen? Um, I'm not going to necessarily exegete everything um, uh, according to some epiphany or new eye-opening uh, that you haven't heard before. And so the tendency is if you've been in the church a while, and I just, I'm just calling the, out the elephant in the room, the tendency is just check out. Uh, just to get on your phone, go ahead and get on your Instagram. Oh, man, what, what's the other churches doing? What's my friends doing? What are we going to lunch after this? Start texting somebody. But could we just posture ourselves and just believe that God wants to speak to you? He can speak through a donkey, believe it or not. And this is a little false humility. I know I'm not a donkey. He can speak to us. He can speak to you. And I pray that he encourages me as I read his word this morning. Let's pray. Father, we are just so grateful. Lord, it is a, a humbled position to be here from the platform to share your word. And um, Lord, we didn't come in here um, wanting empty talk. We came here to meet with you, our creator, our father, the one who loves us and knits us together in our mother's womb, the one who knows our days. You knew it before the beginning. And you know the end. Lord, what an incredible time of worship to know that Lord, you've never lost a battle. God, that you will not lose. And whatever struggle that we're dealing with as we came into this place, whether it's in our marriage or with our children or with our finances or it's with our neighbors or coworkers, whatever we came with, Lord, you won the battle. And so, Lord, victory is yours. And so we rest in that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in a series called by God, called by God, believing that every one of us who are in Christ are called by God. Those who are away from Christ, you're called too. You just may not know it yet. And God wants to reveal that to you. Thank you for coming to the Palladium. Thank you for online, those who are watching from on, on at home. We're excited that you're here. Called by God, as I'm just developing this message and preaching this message and hearing uh, Pastor Edgar and Lakeisha last week. Thank you so much. Come on, let's give them a hand. Encourage them. As we've been wrestling and searching, it's my desire to help release a greater calling in our lives through devotion, 
towards the Lord. And I, I was thinking about this idea of, of being a Christian, being a Christian, and also living as a Christian. You see, oftentimes in our society, in our culture, if somebody asks if you're a Christian, you would say, I am. That happens oftentimes. You say, I am, you identify with what it is to be a Christian, but I want to encourage you that it is our call to live Christian, not just to be a Christian. Now, don't get caught up. I know we're getting caught up on verbiage and all that stuff, but it's an idea that I want to unlock for us this morning. To live Christian, it looks differently than just being a Christian. Just being a Christian, it's, it's almost like if you, if you were uh, at a college, right? Some of us went to college in here. Some of us went to university. And there's one thing to, like, be an Aggie, but there's another thing to live Aggie, right? It's, it's one thing to be Longhorn. It's another thing to live Longhorn. You know, where all of a sudden it feels like you're kind of in a cult, you know? Uh, you're, you're hooping and hollering. You know, when people are saying howdy and all these uh, different insider language, there's, a, there's a, an excitement about you when you identify another ring that looks like your ring. How many know that's true? You see, there are some people who go to university, they go to classes, they get the education, but they didn't necessarily live it, you know? They, they just attended. They would say, yeah, I, I went to Texas A&M. Yeah, I went to UT. Yeah, I went to SMU. But there's another thing to live it. It's when you're living it, there's this excitement that happens as you look at one another. And I want to tell you, when we live Christian, there should be an excitement in us as we look at one another. Amen? Come on, look to your left, look to your right. Come on, give them, give them just a little howdy, give them a shout, give them a wave, give them something. You see, we want to live Christian. We want to live this out. We want to walk it out. In our culture, to be Christian meant you acted a certain way and there was a certain modification of your behavior in order to fit into that culture. To, to be Christian meant um, that maybe you used certain language and you uh, abstained from certain dancing or certain music. Uh, to be Christian, there was these cultural norms that came about. But to live Christian means, hey, it's not about behavior modification it's not about getting yourself right because Jesus had to get you right. You couldn't get yourself right. How many know that's true? And so we started living this out and walking it out. Today, I want to talk about being called to be generous. Not to be, but to live. And it's so hard, these little, these little subtle things for me. You see, I get confused with live and be all the time. I say this all the time. Man, we need to be generous. We need to be generous. But I just feel like that sometimes just says, you need to be better. You need to be better. You just need to be better, and we keep falling on short time after time. But when you say we need to live generous, it does something inside of us where it unlocks us, and we start seeing it differently. You see, you were called to live generously. In Matthew chapter 6, as Jesus is talking on the Sermon on the Mount, he says this in verse 17, but when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where 
moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God has called us to lay up our treasures. And the reason I'm reading a fasting verse and to this verse that's often talked about your money and your wallet is because I want to give you context to live generous. We must live generous towards the Father. We must live generous towards Him. It's not necessarily towards others. It's not necessarily even towards His church. It's not towards a building. It's not towards anything that. We must first live generous towards the Father. It's unique that he says in Matthew chapter 6, this verse about storing up treasures in heaven and not in earth. Right after he talks about prayer and fasting. Right after he teaches his disciples how to pray. Right after he shows them how to fast. And then he moves into storing up treasures. Could it be maybe some of the treasures that we store up are not monetary treasures, but they're actually treasures of faith, treasures of worship, treasures of prayer. You see, as we consecrate ourselves and we begin to fast and pray, all of a sudden, the, the treasures that are being stored up are those of mighty faith, of those things that, that will not rot, those things that will last forever. So this is what God has called us to, is he's called us to be generous towards the Father. And not just spontaneous generosity. How many love that spontaneous generosity? Uh, we love, you know, when somebody gives us something, a, spont a spontaneous gift. We love to do that for others. We love the spontaneity of, of praying for somebody in the moment and just, man, I'm going to go pray for some of those people. We love these moments that we call spirit-led, right? Spirit-led moments where we're listening to the Holy Spirit on when to give, when to pray for others, when to release our spiritual gifts. We love that. Do you love that? I love it. But I want to tell you something greater than spontaneous generosity is planned generosity planned generosity and this is what the lord was telling us jesus as he was telling the disciples i want you to start planning to go to the closet and pray with the door shut how many you know that's spontaneous to go i mean plan to go to your closet and pray and shut the door he, he says i want you to fast how many you know that fasting is usually planned it's usually planned. It's usually in the moment, I'm going to fast next week. I'm going to fast because of this festival. I'm going to fast because I'm seeking a job opportunity. I'm going to fast for another nation. I'm going to fast for um, those in Iran who are being imprisoned right now in their faith. There's, there's pastors right now in Iran who are imprisoned with their faith. Because they're sharing the gospel. I'm going to fast for them. I'm going to pray for them. That's planned. And this is important. It's what we need to go after in our call to God is we need this kind of generosity. We need to live generous. And in that living, we need to be disciplined. I have a hard time with discipline. Anybody else? Uh, I, as you've heard me confess up here time and time again, I'm ready for more people to start preaching who live more disciplined than me. I have a hard time with it. 
I'll work out for a week and then quit. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll do different routines. I'll do different diets. Uh, they start and stop all the time. But something that matters most to me in my life is the discipline to spend time with Jesus. I've coveted that. I don't know how the Lord has unlocked that in me before. Since I was 21 years old, it was those moments that I woke up every morning just, just, just to spend time with him. To open his, the Bible, open his word, to read it, to pray, to worship, to press in. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a Russian philosopher, says this, the meaning of earthly existence is not as we have grown used to thinking in prosperity, but in the development of the soul. Soul care. This moment of discipline where we're taking care of ourselves. See, if we're not careful, we'll store up things on earth that may not last. Now, this, the tendency on this message is saying, well, then let's not save anything. Let's not invest in anything. Don't do that. I'm investing, you invest. Let's invest and retire well and give to the kingdom. But the tendency is to focus so much on the physical that we neglect that which is supernatural. That's that which is in us, our soul care. We're so busy being a mom and going to school and working and doing our 401k. And we're so busy doing the things around us that we forget the very most important thing of what God's called us to. Take care of yourself. Take care of your soul. See, rust in this, in this particular instance, it's, it's just not ordinary corrosion. I grew up in the oil field uh, around it all the time. There was one summer that I put together pump jacks for Denny Snelson. Hey, Denny. He's here. I put together pump jacks, and you would pull up to these things, and they're rusted, and they're all rusty, and you're like, man, is this thing going to work? But it's still pumping oil, no matter how much rust it has. It's still going. That thing looks like it's about to fall apart, but oil's still coming out of the ground. It's still functional, and sometimes... When you read this verse, you see rust, you're like, rust, it's not a big deal. You know, I see rust all the time. Things can have rust. But actually in this context, it's talking about decay. It's talking about uh, mold. It's talking about the things that aren't just harmful for it, but harmful for others. You see, when there's decay and there's different things that you are focused on and, and all of a sudden this, this different stench comes around and this mildew and this wood rot, no longer is it just iron rusting out in the middle of a field. Now it's in your house and it starts to get stinky and it starts to get in a place where it affects you negatively. You have to be careful to have some soul care. Richard Foster talks about spiritual disciplines. Anybody read the book, Celebrations of Discipline? It's a great book. I recommend it if you want more reading past this morning. In there, he talks about three different things. He talks about the inward disciplines, which is meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. He talks about the outward disciplines, simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And he talks about the corporate disciplines, which is confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. And we need all three to have a healthy soul. 
You see, you need those inward disciplines to guide you in the morning. You need those outward disciplines that are displayed, and you need those corporate disciplines like this morning on Sunday church. You see, we got an opportunity to worship together. That is actually a discipline. You, you had an opportunity to come this morning and, and get, hear the word. That's a discipline. You had an opportunity this morning for celebration. I saw some of you dancing like you haven't danced in a while. That's discipline. It's soul care. It's what Jesus has intended for us. This is what he wants for us. This is what we long for. Dallas Willard has a whole list of different disciplines that he writes out and gives some definitions. We'll send you this list via email this week. But I want to read a couple of those for you. It says solitude. It's the practice of spending time without any others or any distractions. How many of us have entered our quiet time with Jesus and we're bringing our phone to read the Bible? And then all of a sudden there's a notification. Then there's another notification. Then there's a work email. And then there's a text message from your wife. And things are going crazy. I got to tell you, if your kid broke their leg, it's not going to get fixed in 10 minutes from the text message. Some of y'all don't like that. It's going to be okay. If you forgot to put gas in the car, there's nothing you can do about it. Just, just ignore the phone. It's going to be okay. There's nothing that needs that immediate of attention in our life except for Jesus. He's the one who needs it and longs for it. We move into this pl place of sacrifice where we stretch your sense of what you can do without for the sake of those who have less. Well, we move in this discipline of sacrifice. We move in this discipline of confession where we practice confessing your sins to trusted people who will pray with you and be spiritual allies. We need that. It's why we have prayer workers right after service to you for you to be able to do this. See, these spiritual disciplines allows for spontaneity to take place. You see, when you're praying every morning in the closet, all of a sudden when you're praying for somebody for real, you're coming with a level of faith by just meeting with the God who just met you, and now you're bringing it to them. You see, this is what God has intended for us. This is what he wants for us. How many of you work out in here, like on a regular? You're disciplined. Okay, I see that hand. You can go ahead and flex because you probably have something. The discipline of working out is preparation for when you need those muscles. You see, working out, running, doing those things. You, if I just said, oh, man, I'm going to run 13 miles today, little, little, you know, half marathon, no biggie, what would I do? I would die. Not alone, not alone. It's the same for us as we've been going in this Christian walk where we just, oh, I'm a Christian, but are you living Christian? Are you living Jesus? Are you walking it out? Are you moving towards him? Have you spent time with him? Do you know him? When somebody sees you, can they say, they've been with Jesus? I can tell. This is our life. We, we live it for the moments that really matter. You see, we need to live it because there's going to be moments that really matter for you. Your, your future marriage hinges on this. 
Your, your, your employment hinges on this. There's studies by gener- the millennials and Gen Z. I'm a high millennial, so I can talk to this, you know. I'm walking in your shoes. But there's studies that they're so afraid to talk about their faith at work, they'd rather just remain silent and climb a ladder to success so that they can retire without any, any confrontation. They'd rather be Christian than live Christian. So how do we do this? You know, be Christian sometimes, you know, we figure out, okay, how can I be a Christian? Okay, I'll, I'll put a Christian bumper sticker on my car, okay? Okay, how can I, how can I be Christian? I'm going to wear a cross. I'm going to wear a cross. I'm going to wear it out. I'm going to wear it out. See if anybody asks me about it, you know? I'm going I'm 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 to do different things, but, and, and that's amazing. But when you live Christian, people just know it's the way you work, the way you love, the way you act. The way you interact, the way that you're honest and you have integrity. When you live Christian, they're just like, what is it about you? I've been with Jesus. Do you want to meet him? Do you want to know him? This is what it means to to live generous, that we would live generous towards the Father. That God, you have all of me, all of me. We must also live generous indeed. Thomas Merton says this, ask me not where I live and what I like to eat. Ask me what I'm living for and what I think is keeping me from living fully for that. Let me say that again. Just ask me not where I live and what I like to eat. That's great small talk. I'm really good at that. No, ask me what I'm living for and what I think is keeping me from living fully for that. What are you living for? Luminous? What are you living for? Are you fully living for him? Is he in you? Is he around you? Have you invited him to participate? Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That whatever we do, we would do it in word and deed. And this is the tension. Because this is the trap. You either live in grace and you live so far over here, you don't feel like what you do really matters because God loves you no matter what. And he does. Well, you come over here to this side where you feel like, man, it's really about what you do. And so all of a sudden you start making lists and checking them off and you find your worth in the completion of the list. You have to manage this tension right here in the middle where we know him and we spend time towards him. And when we're generous towards the Father, it realigns our hearts every time. It realigns us and allows us to follow him more closely. We want to live generous in our deeds and what we do. So a a real life sample of Luminous and where we have been. We have been in a unique season. We're in a movie theater. Some of us like the theater. Some of us are reclined. We like it. 
We're in a unique season, and this is the season that God's called us to. And we were in a building, 6,000 square feet, if you were new here. And as you know, a month ago, we gave away all of our chairs to a church that just got a building. My friend Roy, they needed chairs. We said we have 200. Fill them up. Fill them up. We gave them away. You see, the, the, this example of where are you putting your treasure and being generous, the chairs were collecting dust. I was like, let's give them away. God will give us more. And then, and then, yeah, it's awesome. And then we had a whole bunch of FF&E, fixture, furniture, and equipment, a whole bunch at another church, Agape Christian Center. They just built a $4 million building on Judson. And they have a multi-ethnic church that's reaching northeast San Antonio, doing incredible things. And it's all sitting there. I said, you know what we should do? We should give it to them. We should just give this stuff to them. So I go to them. I say, hey, let us give you this stuff. They just had enough money to build the building. January, they moved into this building. March, COVID hit. They haven't met on Sunday mornings in like six months or something like that. Started gathering back. I walk in their kids' classrooms. They have those, and this is awesome. It happens and whatever it takes. But yeah, they have those foldable, you know, Walmart foldable kids' chairs. You know, the ones that you pinch your fingers on and stuff. The, the ones where the plastic like gets holes in it like after, you know, three months. And that's at your house. Try putting 40 kids in it. And I say, you should have our chairs. We spent $80 on each custom wood chair for our kids, and we gave them 100 chairs. You know, it's just awesome what the Lord is doing. So I just felt like the Lord was just saying, hey, don't let this stuff rust. Don't let it decay. Give it away. We'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. This is our Lord. This is what he does. You see, he's a God of abundance. And this frees us from the attitude of hoarding. Everybody say hoarding. Woo! My wife doesn't like that word. <clears throat> hoarding. The idea that you're going to keep something out of sentiment or one day you're going to sell it and make money. Rarely do you see it, so it's not that sentimental. And rarely do you sell it, so there's no money. It's just a depreciating asset. I was like, we got to give it away. Let it be used for the kingdom. God will take care of us. And Tamija Jones, TJ will like this. She's allergic to coconut water, so could never have our bougie water machine, you know, that we spent like 5000 on. It was crazy stupid, but it was the best water. And we were like, they have a gym that hosts after-school kids with basketball, and they, they do outreach, community outreach, and all these kids who who don't have anywhere to go after school, go there to play basketball. They now have some coconut water. Isn't that awesome? Come on, man. Give yourself a hand. See, in word and deed, we want to be a church that is generous towards our Father, but we're also generous in the way that we give, in the way that we do life, in the way that we do ministry. We have to model it here corporately so you do it individually. You see, if we don't model it here corporately, you won't ever do it individually. You see, if we're doing it, you can do it. 
If you can do it, we can do it. It's how God works. It's how his kingdom is. And the thing about hoarding and all that stuff is we think that God is so finite, he doesn't have more. I want to tell you, he has more chairs. He has a whole forest of chairs waiting to be made. Like, he is a God of abundance. He's just going to keep giving. The more you give, the more comes. And the reason you don't trust God with giving your life or giving your resources or giving your talents is because you think they're finite. You think if you give them, it's going to be gone. Some of you have been holding on to songs for Jesus and you're waiting because if you release it now, maybe we only have a hundred plays versus a thousand plays. I got to tell you, when you release that song, more comes. <laughs> when you release that book, that idea, more comes. When you release that invention, more inventions come. He's a God of abundance. It's not limited to finite resources. Lastly, be called by God to be generous is to be generous in love. Romans 13, 8 says this, Oh, no one anything except love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The biggest thing that will keep you hoarding this one and not be generous with love as God is called, it's because you've been hurt. People who are hurt withhold love. They withhold it from their spouse. They withhold it from their friends. They withhold it from others. God wants to heal your hurt. This is what he loves to do. Is when things have been rotten around you and decaying and you just can, you're just toxic. You know what I'm talking about. If there's a toxicity in your life, God wants to heal it. He's calling you to take a step to heal. And the way to heal from a hurt like that is always forgiveness. You have to forgive even when you don't want to. And as you forgive, he replaces it with love. An ability to love others as you love yourself. This is what Jesus has done. This is what he's called us to. And the only way that we can do this, because he modeled it first. John 15, 12, it says, this is my command to you, church, you who live Christian, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than someone who lays down his life for his friends. Will you lay down your offense for another? Maybe it's an offense of an individual. Maybe it's an offense towards a people group. Whatever your offense is, time to lay it down. God's calling you to be generous in love. This is what he's called you to do. I want to pray for you. If you wouldn't mind bowing your head and closing your eyes, and this is that confession time. The discipline that we're making right now for our church in this hour. 
if there is anything in you, any offense, anything whatsoever, this is your moment to confess it. Simply say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Sorry I've been bitter. Sorry I've been holding a grudge. I've been, I'm so sorry that I haven't seen that person, those people, like your people, like your daughter, like your son. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I repent. I turn away from that bitterness. I turn away from that unforgiveness. I lay it at your feet. And God, when it's so hard to love, give me the love that I so desperately need as I'm generous with you, as I'm open to you, as I'm opening my mind and my heart and my soul and my being. Lord, consume me. Consume me with your love and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for that amazing message. Church, I hope you were encouraged by that. If you are visiting for the first time, maybe the second or third time, it's time to get connected. If you would text the word LUMINOUS to 94000, you're going to get a link. Press that link and you'll get sent um, a place where you can check out more about our church. If you want to get connected and go to small groups or go to growth track, please get connected that way. We want you to be a part of community and our church and not just attend. Also, it'll give you a way to give. Again, if you text the word LUMINOUS to 94000, you'll see the giving link. And as we talked about giving today, we just want to thank you so much for stepping out in obedience, for continuing to be obedient to the Lord as he's called to give not just what you have, but really your best, whether that's your time, your talents, your treasures. We really want to give that to the Lord. So can we pray for our tithes and our offerings today? Lord, we just thank you so much for the gifts that you've given us. We thank you that you are always providing for us, that you are our ultimate provider. So we just pray as we give our time, our talents, and our treasures, Lord, would you multiply that, not for our own return, but really so that the kingdom can continue to grow here in San Antonio, in the United States, and all across the world. Would we not hold on to what we have, but would we freely give, knowing that it is in great hands with you, Lord. We thank you so much for who you are. In your name I pray.